Welcome to the official podcast for Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization. I'm Beth, a.k.a. Triumvir Clio. Hello again. I hope all of you are well, safe, healthy, continuing to fight the good fight, or at least trying to, which is sometimes the most we can ask of ourselves. Don't should yourself for not doing more than your best. Your best is yours, not someone else's. And yes, I have to keep reminding myself of this fact, too. We are up to book 17 of the Iliad. I think I'll be able to make it through today's episode without crying. In case you've forgotten, how could you? Patroclus is dead, killed by Apollo, Euphorbus, and then Hector. And the fighting has continued, and book 17 picks up right where book 16 ends. Menelaus sees Patroclus fall. He tries to protect Patroclus's body and Achilles' armor, which you'll recall is what Patroclus is wearing. Euphorbus tries to claim his victory, or, you know, the armor, but Menelaus kills him. So, of course, then Menelaus tries to strip Euphorbus of his armor, and he probably would have done so, but as I mentioned in the Book 16 episode, Apollo doesn't play fair. Apollo points out to Hector what just happened. Screaming, Hector stalks over to where Menelaus is stripping Euphorbus. Menelaus knows what this means. He knows he can't defeat Hector. But he knows that if he abandons Patroclus, they will lose Achilles' armor. And he knows that Patroclus deserves better treatment than he'll get at the hands of the Trojans. But since he who fights and runs away lives to fight another day, Menelaus leaves his post and goes in search of the only man who has come close to defeating Hector, Big Ajax. I like to imagine Menelaus grabbing Big Ajax's hand and going, come on, come on, as he tugs, trying to get the larger man to move faster. The two heroes aren't able to save Achilles' armor, but they are able to protect Patroclus' body. Uh, Glaucus sees this and berates Hector for not doing the same for Sarpedon. Now, if you remember, he really doesn't need to worry about Sarpedon's body because Zeus has already seen to it, but Glaucus and Hector don't know that. Instead, the two men have a little spat that ends when Hector stalks off the battlefield. But Hector has a plan. He hasn't left because he's mad. I mean, he is, but that's not his motivation. No, it's time for a costume change. He takes off his own armor and puts on Achilles. Zeus sighs and speaks to Hector's spirit. You just killed this man's BFF and now you're wearing his armor. I know you think this will make you mortal, but dude, eh, since you're going to die anyway, I'll give you some extra strength. And I'm just going to go ahead and directly quote Lattimore here because it really is beautiful poetry. Still, for the present, I will invest you with great strength to make up for it that you will not come home out of the fighting, nor Andromache take from your hands the glorious arms of Achilles. Filled with the strength of Zeus and the bellicosity of Ares, Hector returns to the field. And guess who he fights? <laughs> Did you guess Big Ajax? We get another fight between Hector and Big Ajax, and like the other fights we've seen between them, they are well matched. Big Ajax is unable to kill Hector, and Hector is unable to kill Big Ajax. After all, they are both destined to die in a different way. They do manage to kill a few other people, though, just not each other. Meanwhile, Achilles is back at his camp waiting for Patroclus to return because he knows that Patroclus is going to return. Why wouldn't he? So he doesn't do anything. But you know who knows that Patroclus is dead? 
other than everyone else, I mean, those two immortal horses. And the horses cry for him. And Zeus sends them and Automedon, the chariot driver, back into the fray. And Automedon does kind of rocket and kills one Trojan as Hector tries to kill him. And after that, Automedon says that it helps, but only a little, because the Trojan he killed was only half the man that Patroclus had been. The Iantes join Automedon, and the fighting continues. Athena takes the form of Phoenix and visits Menelaus. And after a pep talk, Menelaus says that he feels better and he only wishes Athena could help him. So, of course, she does. Menelaus then kills a man named Podes, who turns out to be Hector's BFF, even though this is the first time we've heard of him. Um, and Apollo, of course, makes sure that Hector sees that this has happened. And since Achilles is still sitting in his camp, completely unaware of everything that's been going on, Zeus needs to make sure that the Greeks are losing, so he sides with the Trojans. Again. Menelaus finally does some leader-type stuff and sends Antilochus to tell Achilles that the best of the Greeks has fallen. Sure, there will be that little problem of Achilles not having armor, but he needs to know that Patroclus is dead. He also directs Meriones to help him carry the body of Patroclus back to the Greek ships. The Iantes keep the defense, but Hector and the Trojans keep pushing the Greeks back, and the book ends with the Trojans advancing as the Greeks retreat. Were you expecting Achilles to join the fight in this book? When what you remember is the action, it's easy to forget how stretched out the story is. Admittedly, the entire epic is 24 books long, and we're only in book 17, so we still have a lot of ground to cover. I mean, the ground all the way from the Greek ships to the Trojan walls. I actually have notes in my text from the first time I studied this, so it was really easy for me to remember what the ongoing theme is in this book. There is a struggle theme. I know this because I have multiple passages marked with the note struggle theme, so clearly Dr. Keenan stressed this in my epics class. If you want to talk about the specific passages, I'll put that topic as a discussion prompt in the blog. Themes that I've talked about about before are the role of the gods and the role of fate, and we see these themes again in this book. The gods are definitely controlling the war. I don't know about you, but I can't help but wonder how it would have turned out if the gods had just stayed out of it. But of course, not that this is included in the Iliad. It was Eris, the goddess of strife, who started it all, so the gods were in it from the beginning. No Eris, no Paris stealing Helen or or Helen running off with Paris, depending on which of those iterations is what happened, and therefore no Trojan War. Anyway, we continue to see that while the gods may be controlling day-to-day events, they too seem to be bound by fate. Zeus grants Hector strength because he knows that Hector will die soon. The gods can turn the tide of the war, they can help individuals gain honor and glory, but they can't control the eventual outcome. There are two other things I just want to mention. First, I didn't go into much detail on the fighting over Patroclus's body. At one point in that section, Big Ajax is, uh, Big Ajax is described as having killed, quote-unquote, many, which is so useful when figuring out body counts. If you think you know how many many is, uh, come share it at the blog. I sure don't know. And the final thing I wanted to mention was something I found in one of my references for this episode. 
Um, you remember the Pythagorean theorem? Okay, first, a funny story about that. During the listening comprehension portion of a standardized test when I was in the seventh grade, maybe it was eighth grade, but I think it was seventh, the proctor read to us the story of Pythagoras, and it was all very interesting. And then the proctor got to this part about how he figured out this rule about right triangles that now bears his name, the Pythagorean theorem. And that was when I realized that the proctor um, didn't know who Pythagoras was. Anyway, apparently Pythagoras thought he was Euphorbus in a past life. Who knew? Okay, Michael Delahoy apparently knew because it was his website where I learned this. Anyway, interesting tidbit. If you'd like to discuss ancient Greek beliefs in reincarnation, how the gods keep meddling in the Trojan War, or anything else, please pop over to the blog. The link, as always, is in the show notes. On Friday, we will read something much funnier in the Homeric Hymns to Hermes. Uh, talk to you then. You can join the discussion of this and everything covered in this podcast by following the link in my show notes. And if you're enjoying what you've heard so far, please consider supporting the show with a monthly donation of your choosing, just like public radio. And please also consider giving a five-star review on your podcatcher of choice so that more people can discover the fun that is Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization.